Welcome to PCTY Talks, a new podcast from the human capital management software provider, Paylocity. I'm your host, Sherry Simpson, and as an HR program manager at Paylocity, I will be navigating our journey together as we explore bite-sized topics around HR thought leadership, compliance, diversity and inclusion, and product knowledge. If you have an idea for a future podcast topic, please drop me a note at pctytalks at paylocity.com. On our last episode of season one, I've asked Corinne Tyrone, our director of government relations, to join me again in talking about the new California Consumer Primacy Act, or CCPA. Hey, Corinne. Thanks again for coming to another episode. Um, Today, we're going to be talking about the California Consumer Privacy Act, CCPA. Um, Pretty um, important topic, especially if you have California employees. But I think it's it's just an interesting topic in general because things that come out of California end up making their way across the country (laughs) and eventually affecting everybody else. So um, I've been hearing a lot about the Privacy Act. Do you think you could give us a little bit of a background on what it is? Yeah, absolutely. So um, the California Consumer Privacy Act is a sweeping new data privacy law that has been enacted in the state of California. The law goes into effect on January 1st of 2020. Uh, In short, CCPA grants California consumers new rights to know about, access, delete, and opt out of the sale of their personal information that businesses maintain about them. So um, this law is actually modeled in great part after the European Union's GDPR, which went into effect last May. Uh, That included a groundbreaking right to be forgotten. And the CCPA refers to that in simpler terms, but the concept is the same. You have the right to ask a collector of your personal information to delete it. So if the law is supposed to protect consumers, how does it impact employers? Who's subject to the CCPA? Um, In our community, you've really hit the nail right on the head in terms of why this law is getting so much attention. It was really created to protect consumers, and consumers and employees aren't exactly the same thing, right? But even so, the CCPA imposes requirements on businesses to help fulfill the consumer rights that are created by this new law. The CCPA applies to all for-profit businesses that do business in California, whether or not they're located in California if they meet any of the following conditions. So there are three of them. The first is have an annual gross revenue in excess of $25 million, collect, sell, or share for commercial purposes the personal information of at least 50,000 consumers, or derive at least 50% of its annual revenue from selling consumers' personal information. So a lot of small businesses are going to be ruled out, assuming that they aren't actually um, selling consumer information. But there's still going to be a lot of businesses that are impacted here. It's interesting. I I want to point out and just ask about the for-profit thing. So any Mm -hmm. non-for-profits aren't going to be affected by this? Correct. Okay. Um, Are there any exceptions to the CCPA requirements for data an employer collects regarding its employees? Yeah, there are. But those exceptions are both limited and temporary. So I want you to be really careful in the way that you're thinking about this. Um, Personal information that is collected in the course of a California resident acting as a job applicant or an employee that is used solely in the employment context is exempt from CCPA for the next year. So depending on when you're listening to this, that could be any time, but the actual date is January 1st of 2021. So between now and then, employers do not have to comply with the right to access and data portability, the right to deletion that we talked about a little bit earlier, the right to opt out, 
the right to not be discriminated against for exercising a right under CCPA, and the obligation to provide training. However, there is also an obligation to provide notice and the private right of action for data breaches, and that those still apply, um, and those are effective as of January 1st of 2020. Wow, this could really change how people apply for jobs if you think mm-hmm. about those requirements. Um, you mentioned notice requirements under the CCPA. Can you tell me a little bit about what those look like? Yeah, this is a big one for employers in California to be aware of. So on or before January 1st of 2020, businesses that employ California residents retain or retain the information of California residents or receive job applicants from California residents must provide those individuals with a notice, and that notice has to have the following details. First, the categories of personal information that the employer collects about them, regardless of whether it's collected online or offline. Second is the business purposes for which that personal information will be used. And the third is a link to the business's privacy policy, or in the case of offline notices, the web address of the business's privacy policy. The CCPA requires that businesses provide these notices at or before the point of collection of the personal information. Also, a new notice must be provided before collecting new categories of personal information. Personal information can't be used for a previously undisclosed purpose unless the new purpose is disclosed to the California resident and the California resident provides explicit consent to that new use. And finally, the notice must be accessible to consumers with disabilities or provide information on how consumers with disabilities may access the notice in an alternative format. So there's kind of a lot packed in there. Yeah. Does the CCPA define the categories of personal information that have to be included in the notice? Yeah. um, It's actually, well, the statute provides a non-exhaustive list of categories of personal information. Um, It includes any identifiers, like your, your real name or any alias, um, addre- an address, unique personal identifiers, online identifiers, IP addresses, email addresses, and so on, um, characteristics of protected classifications under California law, commercial information, biometric information, internet or other electronic network activity information, geolocation information, um, audio, electronic, visual, or other similar information, professional or employment-related information, education information, and then any inferences that you may be drawing from any categories of that information, which is kind of um, an interesting twist. Wow. So let's let's talk practically. How are employers supposed to go about this? Is there, is there a model? Is there a template? Is there something that CCPA is putting out for people? Um, yeah. I mean, yes, I believe that they probably will be doing that. However, at this time, the California Attorney General's Office hasn't released any model notices. Um, we actually do have a couple of samples that we are providing to our clients through Peak, and I believe that we are going to be including those in the show notes. Yeah, we'll add them to the show notes. Um, I will put a caveat out there that um, we definitely recommend that you seek attorney advice before you use anything provided as a sample, just to, you know, CYA. Yes, Absolutely. I think, um, and we would recommend that to our clients as well as any external users of this information. These are just templates. You do need to consult with your own privacy counsel to ensure that you're covering your bases. Um, But the notices that we are providing, there's one for active employees and new hires, and then there's one for um, California applicants. So they include um, kind of broad strokes, what is required. But again, you do need to make sure that it's inclusive to your business. Do you have any best practices on how they can be providing these notices? 
So I think um, what's kind of tricky here is that this is still unfolding. So California Consumer Privacy Act is new to all of us, and this requirement is just going into effect within the next month or so. Um, so as of today, what I would recommend is um, consider consider the way that your business actually does collect personal information. So are you using an online or an offline recruitment process? What's your onboarding process like? What are your diversity and inclusion programs like? What kind of workplace surveillance do you have in place? Are you using biometric time clocks um, or anything else like that, like geolocation data? What kind of data do you have about your employees and your applicants? I also think um, it's really advisable in this situation to decide whether or not you want to use an acknowledgement. Um, it technically is not required that when you furnish this notice, you get some sort of acknowledgement back. But in many situations where you're furnishing notice, it is best practice to um, have the person that receives that notice acknowledge that they have done so. So if you use our product, one way you might want to do that is to leverage our um, events functionality to send it out and actually have somebody you know, click or sign that they did get this document. Yeah. Um, then, and in, in that same vein, determining the method for delivery. So you can deliver this online um, if you're doing this through... Um, like some sort of applicant tracking system, you can put the notice in your online collection of application information. Um, you can also, of course, do this manually. You can do paper forms if you want to. Um, and then the next and last thing that you need to do is develop your internal policies about it and make sure that you're updating the notices um, and making sure that you're staying on top of that ongoing delivery that's required. Has the CPA included any information on how they're going to audit the compliance of this going forward yet? You know, there's a private right of action. So I think that at least initially, probably some of it will be handled that way. Okay. Um, yeah, that's it, it. Kind of remains to be seen, but that okay. would be that would be something I would be mindful of. So, if people are really looking to dig into this and learn more, where where should they go to look for information? Well, we have some general educational materials in Peak. So, if you are one of our clients, it would be a great place to start. Uh, go to Peak and look for CCPA. That's going to include a summary of the law. It's going to include what is applicable to employers now. Um, and information about employer obligations, as well as sample notice templates, the ones that I mentioned earlier, FAQs, and so on. So that's a really good place to start. Yeah, and for those listening who are not clients, what we'll do is we'll include um, at least a website where you can go and find out some information if you want to dig deeper into CCPA and then templates that we mentioned. But again, caveat, please talk to your counsel before you end up using those. Um, Corinne, thanks again for joining me today. I know this is a pretty important topic, so we'll continue continue to, to look at this one as it evolves over the next year, especially as we look at that date for 2021. I'm sure we will have another podcast on the episode. Yeah, I, I think that's a really good idea. And we'll definitely keep you all apprised of any changes as far as how employers are impacted here. All right. Thank you. I wanted to say a special thank you for all of those listening that submitted a question for us to explore on the podcast. The winner of our contest was Helena Kukinati with Streamline HR. Congratulations on your new Amazon Echo show. Additionally, I'm really excited to announce that season two will start off with a special interview with New York Times bestselling author of Digital Destiny, Sean Dubrovic, where we'll spend some time talking about digital transformation and the effect that has on the future of the HR space. Thanks for listening.